Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. It is Monday after an, another Illinois football loss. They start the season 0-2. After a loss to Purdue, 31-24, to maybe a little bit more competitive than people thought given the news we got an hour before and given that they were down 31-10. to uh, But Karan Taylor, just a few too many mistakes early in that one uh, and, and couldn't finish this off. But um, it's another loss. And Illinois starts this season they had high expectations for at 0-2. And, and it's Monday, so that means Mondays with Mike here on the Online Enquirer podcast. Mike Carpenter, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. I mean, the Bears game yesterday, I had a nice, <clears throat> excuse me, a nice parlay that netted me 90 bucks on it. So that kind of softened the blow for my football weekend. But it was hedging the bets, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was one of those things where, you know, when I look at Saturday and Sunday collectively, it was a frustrating weekend because I think on both fronts of the Illini and the Bears, there were these, uh, I, I don't want to say uncharacteristic, but there were high levels of undisciplined behavior on the field and I think for this older Illini team the reason that particularly bugs me is that you look at a defense that was intact on Saturday we know the flaws in terms of schematics and things like that Um, but eventually when you continue to see missed assignments when you can continue to see the middle of the field open up like that and 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 even with the margin being closer uh, towards the end of the game it really felt like if Purdue wanted to put that thing away they could have. They let a, Illinois hang around, didn't they? I mean, they some of the did. turnovers they had, the the fourth and one where they just didn't. It was it was basically what Karan Taylor did. He, he threw it short of the sticks, and uh, the pick play didn't work. And it's like they they are just letting. Like if if Purdue would have lost that, or even if it would have went in overtime, but Lovey said he was going for two, which I, I like. I, I like that he's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm trying to seal this game. Um, but that would have been an epic Purdue. The levels of Michigan State last year epic collapse if if they wouldn't have pulled that off yeah it would have been and you know for every collapse there is a comeback and I think the good news to start off with is the fact that the offense led by Rod Smith who I think did as much as you could given the circumstances and the fact that Taylor you know your fourth string quarterback and that's well documented he did give you a spark now the problem though is less to do with the offense and this is where the Lovey Smith era as a whole it's kind of been bugging me in these first two games is that there seems to be a refrain of it's always something if it's not one side of the ball it's the other you can't count on any one particular thing from week to week and as these losses mount up and as you continue to see that gosh you can't even really bank on the takeaways or defensive scores to bail you out it it becomes flimsy it feels like the margin for error is so small for this team and in year five I, i wish that weren't the case Let's sit here. Let's address the big topic, though, because we'd heard rumors leading into it. 
that several Illinois players would be out with COVID. It ends up being two. Brandon Peters, your starting quarterback, and Griffin Moore, who tests positive, right? But that knocks out all their roommates, which includes Doug Kramer, the starting center, uh, Isaiah Williams, the backup quarterback, um, Keith Randolph, um, Jordan Slaughter, who would have started a guard if, if he didn't uh, have the contact tracing. Um, you know, I heard someone close to him had tested positive, so he was out due to contact tracing. Uh, Illinois was thin here. Uh, and, and they were without their top two quarterbacks. Matt Robinson goes out the first series with an ankle injury, and, and it did not look good as, as he was limping back. And the fact that Illinois even had a chance, like, I'm trying not to take too many po- – like, I know Illinois lost. They're 0-2. They should be better than this, right? But like, given that, there, there can be a little bit of positive that, hey, we outgained Purdue, right? Like they outgained Purdue. They had a chance to win that game. At the same time, um, you had four turnovers and from Karan Taylor, which tells you why he was the four-string quarterback. But there was enough in there to be like, man, he got Rod Smith's offense going. And, and Rod Smith, that's what his offense should look like outside the takeaways. And if, if it weren't for those turnovers, and if Illinois actually would have scored inside the 25 for, you know, a couple more times that they got in there, they would have found a way to win that game. But defensively, is, is the biggest concern for me is that coverage. And I know Nate Hobbs had a terrible game, and I'm a Nate Hobbs stan. I have been. He had a bad game, and and that's a bad game for him, um, you know, for his NFL draft stock, right? But he has been a good cornerback, a starting cornerback for you for a while. And David Bell's really good. And as I watched that film, Carp, that guy's just he just beat him, right? It was just one on one. Nate Hobbs is there with him, stride for stride, and David Bell went and tacked the ball and, and beat your best guy, and that stinks. Right, that stinks. It does. But it's the Nate Hobbs losing Milton Wright in cover three, right? That that bothers me. A senior that is not there. Um, it is the David Bell touchdown earlier where he got behind like four or five guys, and Illinois was passing them off, passing them off as they should in coverage, but one one or two guys aren't there where they're supposed to be. And he gets a touchdown when you had a great pass rush on Aiden O'Connell and Bell made a great play, but it's like you allowed him the chance to get that play. And those things shouldn't be happening. And I get people don't like Lovey Smith's scheme. To be honest with you, there's going to be parts of a scheme that Jeff Brom can pick apart, that other people can pick apart. It's the bus that kill you. And that's two touchdowns. And remember, Purdue scored a touchdown on defense. So if you take away even just one of those, one of those busts, and you take the defense would have given up what twenty one points, which against Purdue, I'll take that. Um, so for me, it's just it's not as much the scheme stuff, but big picture, Illinois' past defense has not been good under Lovey Smith, right? It's it's been it's been outside the top seventy his entire tenure here. So that is teams are picking him apart. Like he is getting out chess, the chess match he's losing without the takeaways. Right. And that's something we were concerned about coming into the season and, and sorry to be long winded here, no, no, but, no. but for me, it's, it's the in-game preparation. It's the communication of a, of a roster he recruited. Uh, are the linebackers good enough to cover the way he wants to cover? I don't think so. I just don't think they're suited for that. Um, and your senior secondary and, and all these guys who have played so much, how are they making these these kind of mistakes in their 25th or their 32nd career start? That's the concern because those are the backbreakers right now. The, the the biggest thing, and all that you just said is true because schematically, okay, it could be any number of schemes and there's going to be areas that opposing offenses can exploit. Fine. 
And we know what those can be in Lovey's defense. And it is the busted coverages that are particularly killing you because there are these possessions where the defense actually looks serviceable. And that's frankly all I was asking for this year. I had modest expectations despite the fact that they're older. I thought the turnovers may not be there to the same extent, but it should hopefully be able to be offset by more three and outs, by uh, you know just kind of keeping things in front of you, which we often saw with Lovey's defenses, even when they weren't getting takeaways. This is the kind of game, and let's start with the defensive performance, that in year three – you would have thought, okay, I see these moments and I see the uh, couple takeaways and I think, you know, give these guys some time work. And I think that's why year five in particular and and COVID notwithstanding, which we can talk about in a second here. The reason that the defense in particular bothered me on Saturday is that it's as if you knew what Purdue was going to throw at you. You knew that David Bell was the go-to guy. They didn't have Rondale Moore available for the second year in a row. And yet when it came down to it, as we discussed a few minutes ago, even though Purdue only won by seven, it felt like a larger margin than that. It it was a seven point loss that did not at all feel like a moral victory, even though you were down a starting quarterback and your second and your third string guy too. That that is all true. You get into the micro of this, which somebody tweeted at me that you and Carp couldn't be any different. And, and And I think what he's talking about is, listen, I have to cover the micro, right? I have to dive into the film of what happened here. Is it, uh, is Nate Hobbs bad or was this just David Bell being better than him? And I think it's the latter. Um, and that's, I mean, Illinois, you don't need better players, I guess. And maybe Nate Hobbs is an NFL player, but um, David Bell is great. Uh, the coverage, like, yeah, Jeff Brom took advantage of Lovey Smith in the middle of the field with the cover two and first play, he, he gets it. But that's not the play that killed you. It, it, it's the plays that you bust coverage. And I, I don't know how you fix that in a, in a week of practice, if you're Kanoto Hudson or Lovey Smith, but that's the stuff that is bothersome yet. You can take like, listen, they're out with their quarter, top three quarterbacks and they find a way to ha- find a way to possibly be in the game, but bigger picture. You're also looking there going year five. There should be higher expectations. Can, can you go steal a game like that? Can you not start a season? Oh, and two and get down 45 to seven to Wisconsin and 31 to 10 to Purdue. I get all of that. Yeah. And and for me, I still feel like there are really winnable games, including this week, because Minnesota is awful. Like their defense is Illinois 2018 levels of defense. So you have a chance to score, but you're going in with your four string quarterback. Um, you know, you got down 31 10 to Purdue that I don't think is that good, right? I think we saw that the other day. Um, and even some of the positives you get, Carp, like the run defense has been great. Illinois is stopping the run against Purdue and Wisconsin. I think their run defense has been great, but the one thing you thought would be good is not. And that's what's so frustrating in year five, that especially on that defensive side of the ball, Lovey Smith's side, that you can't find um, that you're allowing this many yards and, and this many points. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was messier on Saturday to try to come away with the determination of, okay, how bad was it or how good was it? It's messy just simply because you don't have your starting quarterback out there. And I saw that list. I was actually taking a run around the stadium at about 945 when that list dropped. And I'm looking at it and I think, God, that's a lot of players. And then when I got home and kind of looked, took a closer look, I thought, you know, all things considered, you could be worse. And that's saying it with like 12, <laughs> and that's with 12 guys or whatever that weren't, weren't available. So when I say it could it could be worse. Um, the thing that I kept going, at least back you got to, to play a game, right? Like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that ultimately let's, let's just take Brandon Peters and say that him and Rondale Moore 
are, you know, them both being out, that's a wash. And that's being pretty generous to Illinois' side because we know what Rondale Moore can do when he's out there. But but Illinois doesn't have like David Bell level that's al- correct. along Brandon Peters. Right? But they do have toys, right? And yeah. they, they actually utilize them, especially as that game went on, they finally started to utilize them. Okay, so that's a, that's a bright spot where maybe against Minnesota, we see them from the outset of the game, where we see Luke Ford getting more touches and more looks. And it's Can I shame. bring up something? Can I bring yeah, up something? Sure. I, I, I get why people want to see Luke Ford have five catches for 77 yards, but Daniel Barker had that. Yeah, like, it was, it was I, great. And, and, and people don't like value that as much as Luke Ford. Listen, Luke Ford played a lot. Um, he wasn't targeted very much. I thought he was open a few times, including that last play. Uh, he was dragging across. I don't know if he would have gotten the first down or the touchdown, but uh, he was open a few times and I thought Karan could have utilized him. But yeah, we, we saw Barker and Daniel Bebe and Brian Hightower and Chase Brown. He finally got a, a lot of touches and you saw what he could do. And Mike Epstein was good. I'll give Karan that. Karan got those guys the ball and distributed the ball really well uh, to them. Yeah, absolutely. So that bodes well, I think, going into this game against Minnesota. You mentioned how bad their defense is. We saw it on display Friday night against Maryland, and then we saw it in week one against Michigan, and now we know how Michigan is, which is to say not all that great as after they lose at home to Michigan State. And I know it's kind of early to play the transitive property <laughs> game going into week three, but I think if we were to play that game and were to stretch it out to what Illinois has done in these two games – Wisconsin is what they are, despite only been being on the field for one game this year. Uh, but Purdue, you mentioned it. This is not a great Purdue team. They're no. fine. And they're 2-0, and and they deserve to be 2-0 and because they made just enough right plays to get to that record. But in year five, and I, I know that's, that's such a chorus, and I don't want to avoid nuance by just pivoting to, right. well, it's year five. But it is. However, it is it, year it, five. It is. <laughs> and I, I think what's particularly, you know, you joked, I think joked on Twitter. You're like, oh, is Carp pre mad after I tweeted out? And the tweet was essentially that was just a, a reference for you and Austin <laughs> that we've talked about. Right, before. right. But my point was don't let the inactive list fool you into accepting another subpar or incompetent performance. Sure. Now, I don't know if it was the same level of incompetence against Purdue. No. And there were certain things bad in the game that they started to correct later. But I think that uh, now that we take a look at the final product, we look at the toys on offense. I like him, but collectively, there's still things that they got to work on. And maybe with Karan Taylor this this week, they can do just that. But defensively, that is Lovey Smith's thing. He decided, I'm going to take ownership of it. And kudos to him for doing that and taking the accountability. But when you see a performance like this, when you needed the defense, not just to be okay, but to actually be good, yeah. to offset the fact that you have a four-string quarterback out there. Good programs find ways to do this against mediocre teams. And Purdue, no offense to them and what Brahm has done there, that is a collection of talent that does not necessarily tower over the level of talent you have. Especially when Karloftis and Moore out, right? Those are probably the two best players on that team along with David Bell. So two of those guys were out. You know, Aiden O'Connell's a, a former walk-on. Xander Horvath's a former walk-on. Like, those guys are good. They, they really good games. But, yeah, I don't think the talent level was that different even with you know, Brandon Peters and Doug Kramer out and, and Illinois had some guys step up. Um, but I think the key now carp is, I mean, they have to change that story. Like we said, after Wisconsin, you got to change it with a more, a better game. And I do think Rod Smith had a pretty good game. Uh, I think the defensive line played its best game. Um, in really a while Owen Carney was pretty good outside of those penalties. I thought Isaiah Gay was really good. Johnny Newton, the true freshman was great. Uh, Roderick Perry continues to be good. And I, I think Jake Hansen was pretty good, but yeah, you got, you got to put it all together now because you have a very winnable game against Minnesota. 
Nebraska, they didn't play last week, but I still don't think they're good. Um, or Rutgers coming up as well. Listen, they had the first win, but I don't think Michigan State's very good, even though they beat Michigan. Um, so what I'm saying is we'll learn a lot more. I mean, what if they bounce back with two out of the next three, or maybe they win two in a row here uh, if they can beat Minnesota and Rutgers? And we're thinking a lot differently, just like last year after they started, what was it, uh, in the Big Ten, 0-3? To, to Owen, uh, they were 2-1, and one, so 0-3. Yeah. yeah, so 0-3 to start in the Big Ten, then they bounce back with four wins. you got to have that kind of thing, and I think it's possible this year. I mean, you're not going to beat Ohio State, but none of these other teams are are scaring me uh, if I'm Illinois. And I, I think, as you're saying, like it shouldn't be crazy to think Illinois can win four of these next six, right? Or, it or shouldn't s- be. Or salvage a season out of this, and, and that's what we'll see. Did, did anything you saw out of Karan Taylor give you – hope uh, until Brandon Peters returns or Isaiah Williams returns that uh, you can pull this off. Yeah, I think so. But um, this goes to, and this is where our our paths are going to diverge here because of, you know, the role in which you play and and how you cover this team. It is a week to week basis um, on a different level than me. So I'll settle in on Saturday, right? At two 30 on Saturday, I'm going to settle in and I'll get that little bit of excitement just because it's game day. And in this year of all years, I need this. We need this. Right. And I'm hoping beyond hope that this team can make themselves relevant and they can do so soon. But my lingering concern, and it was really on full display Saturday was I've seen worse. I've seen worse performances by Levy Smith teams, but I'm still waiting for that switch to flip where even when there are circumstances that are going against you, I can count on the fact that my team that I root for is going to show up and do the things right and be prepared, not be outcoached, um, not be outmanned, even against middle of the pack Big Ten teams. And my worry is that if we get through the season, we do the week week proposition as we should, and then we find ourselves three and six, or we find ourselves four and five. Let's say they do have a nice little bounce back, but it's kind of like last year where they, they had the moments, but you're still left wondering. I don't even I think we're so, having I don't even think we're having a discussion that you want to have, Carp. I, I don't think we're even having that discussion. I, I've said that. <laughs> I, I've said that. This is unfo- well, I say unfortunately, we'll let the season play out. But as an Illini fan, over the last decade, there's this purgatory. Yeah. that we've found ourselves in with the end of the John Gross era with the extension of Bill Cubitt, which it didn't take, but at least at the time, it didn't feel so good. And this sense of, oh my God, where are we going? And with football specifically, I have two comparisons, and I know it's apples and oranges, but Ron Turner, Sugar Bowl, five wins, one win. They brought him back for another year, three wins, and by the time Zook got in here, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. left. Cupboard was bare. Yep. Ron Zook, I'd make the same argument that even though they won seven games the last two years, you make that move after 2009 and you bring in somebody that could have won with that NFL talent immediately and use that to springboard some recruiting momentum. Didn't happen. If this football program has had one lingering issue in the last 20 plus years, it is keeping coaches too long. And because of the circumstances with COVID, and maybe even without COVID, Josh Whitman would have erred on the side of, I'm going to let Lovey stick this thing out and see it through. Mm-hmm. I, I worry about being back in that position where you don't see enough, you bring it back, you run it back again, and then you get yourself in a deeper hole when yeah. you eventually make that move. And and that's so macro and long-term, I understand. It's, but It's, 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 it's legit. It's a question. Even, I mean, I'm asking that question. And that, that was the big question coming into this year is, are we going to get an answer to that? Or is this just a throwaway year? And, and how does the COVID thing, you know, impact that? Are, are, is Illinois going to play 
eight games, nine games. We we still don't know that for sure. Um, are we <laughs> going to play? Are we going to play? You know, I'm going to talk to Lovey Smith in 15 minutes here. Is, is, are we still going to have a game on on Saturday? I, I don't know. I can't tell you that right now. And losing your quarterback is a big deal. Losing your starting center for two games is a big deal. Um, but that's that's the difficulty of it all. But I, I think. If you go 0-9, yeah, I think we got an answer. And it's like, hey, this isn't good enough. If you go 2-7, and seven, yeah, that might not be good enough. And I, I, I wouldn't have much faith in where my program's going either. Um, now, like you were saying, 3-6, and 4-5, and 5-4. Like, what, 5-4, and four, I think right. you got your answer, right? But the whole other part of this is the financials of COVID, right? And I, Lovey Smith doesn't have a big buyout. but It's big enough. It's big enough that, I mean, Illinois, they haven't done any done it yet, but like, you know, Justin Spring is nervous for a reason, right? Like that, that that you might cut programs. And while some people don't care about that and they rather just move, change a coach, a football coach, uh, that's a big deal that, that Josh Whitman has to weigh for the next centuries, right, of how that could impact Illinois athletics. Um, so th- all of it's messy. It, it's really messy, Carp. And uh, hopefully Lovey Smith gives you a clearer answer that, hey, they win two games here in a row bounce back and they find a way to be have the season that he expected and darn it we should expect at, at this point yeah in this program. yeah that limbo that purgatory and it's only exacerbated by covid and it's recognizing the financial realities that illinois and really you name the athletic program they're probably facing the same thing so uh it, it's unfortunate timing in that you may not have gotten resolution in a 12 game year anyways i thought this was a team that was going to win between five and seven games just like last year and that you three games that really of, don't matter like three wins yeah and you you didn't the season just kind of mired in this i mean i guess they were okay and then eventually you start asking the question well what are the expectations for the program i think that Coming into this season, Wisconsin game and Purdue game, uh, looking at both of them in the context of my expectations, and we talked about this before the Wisconsin game and other conversations, I had modest expectations, meaning in this nine-game schedule, four and five, depending how it looked, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Five and four, I'm over the moon. I'm ecstatic. Um, So this is where the 0-2 particularly hurts. Even when you take into consideration who didn't play on Saturday and how weird of a college football season this is, you are also seeing on the other side enough college football programs that are kind of upending expectations and having that sneaky good start to the year or even moments like Michigan State winning at Michigan and Rutgers winning the first game of the year. They've tasted it. And here we are thinking, oh, my God, again? Well, well, to me, to me, it's. You know, last year you got those four wins in a row that felt good, but yeah, now you've lost five in a row. Five in a row. Right? So it's not like you went eight and four and then you went back down to say, you know, three and six this year, but you had that eight and four and you're like, okay, they built off that. They got recruits off that. Um, Illinois didn't really do that. And you're seeing Tom Allen at Indiana. Every year he's competing in that Big Ten East more than he probably should. And no one gave him a chance there. At Bloomington, and and now I think they're probably the third best team in the Big Ten East right now, yes. and and maybe they can finish second this year. And what would that mean for that program? Jeff Brom, you know, last year with the injuries, they had a setback, but I mean, they're if this was a normal season, they're going to a bowl, right? And and they're going to find their way to to maybe competing for a Big Ten West championship. PJ Flex having an awful start to this year, but last year he went eleven and two. So you had that track record. Yeah. And and we can even date back to like Kirk Ferentz or Barry Alvarez. They had a spike, right? That's not happening in Illinois. Right. So while, while this is better than what they had before, I don't think anybody can disagree. The roster is better. The coaching staff is a little bit more competent. 
with Lovey Smith at your head. He's, I think he's good uh, for all the CEO parts of leading a program, leading men. At the end of the day, you want more wins, right? And yeah, that com- compared simple. to your Big Ten rivals, you aren't stacking up, right? So maybe you're better than Rutgers. Maybe you're going to be better in Michigan State. And you know, last year, you're better in Northwestern. We got to keep doing that year after year. And that's what uh, the next, for me, really, the next three weeks are really important for that because you got winnable games coming up. I, I thought Purdue still was winnable, ended up having a chance at the end, weren't able to close it. But Minnesota's not good. Um, Rutgers is not good. And I still don't think Nebraska is very good. So even with guys out due to COVID and contact tracing, go win some football games. You're telling me they could be three and two going into the Ohio State game. I mean, probably the not, they, but they, probably not. But here's the thing they could. The one thing, though, and this is something that I noticed really beginning. In the early stages of Levy's tenure at Illinois, and I understood the rationale behind it, that we were acknowledging that what he inherited and the timing with which he inherited it, we got to give this time, right? So we all acknowledge that. We had the two-year experiment with Garrick McGee that failed. We had the Hardy Nickerson thing. And he's accountable for that stuff, right? Like He's accountable for that stuff. So I think back to the opening press conference and any time that an Illinois AD introduces a new football coach, of course, they're going to talk about big 10 championships. And I just say, well, that's cute and all, but we all would probably say as a lot of football fans and those who cover them seven and five, the old joke coach would go seven and five regularly. He's getting a statue, but that's not really an exaggeration. So what I think that speaks to is we don't even have the bar set to the level of our peers. And yet we aren't meeting that. And what I do worry about, and this is not, trying to make a mountain out of a molehill there was a tweet from the official account after the game that said something to build on now i don't want to go through parsing words and say well how dare the marketing department tries to the put pub- a positive spin the on public it. relations firm does right, their right. job how dare they <laughs> <laughs> but i think you know as i read that i thought listen they're not shooting the messenger here right. but i don't want to keep moving yeah. that bar i don't want to keep pushing it down the road but there's also the acknowledgement that the reality in which we're in with COVID 19 we probably are. And this is where as a fan, it's that tricky thing where, listen, since you're probably going to stay lovey, just start winning some stupid (laughs) games because I I need that. Otherwise it's going to be a long cold winter and not much to look forward to knowing the guys that you lose uh, going into next year. And that's uh, it's just a cycle that is so repetitive for Illini football fans. It can become fatiguing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think sometimes because I focus on like, Hey, I talked to Karan Taylor's high school coach about his big moment. And and it was like, um, you know, I talk about his errors and and the mistakes he made, but it was like a story about a kid that is kind of positive. Like, Hey, this is, he waited for his Mm -hmm. moment. People take that as like, I'm okay with where Illinois is at. It's like, no, no, like it is time for them, uh, to be better. It, it, and Lovey Smith has said that. And that. So that's what I've said this whole year is hold him to his standard. And, and right now at 0-2, uh, that's not quite his standard. We'll see if they can turn it around. By the way, uh, Rutgers game, 11 a.m. kickoff. Love it. Hey, I, I like those two. I like getting it out of the way, and it's good for the podcast to just meet and do the second half thing. It was, it was fun to watch the second half in which it did become competitive. And it's... <laughs> feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself. I want more than just competitive against yes. middle of the pack Big Ten teams. I want wins now. Still one, uh, right? Yeah, and, and these next three weeks are still an opportunity. So on Saturday, with an awful Minnesota defense coming into town, why not? Yeah. And we, we've, we saw this. Well, the most surprising win of the Lovey era, apart from Wisconsin last year, would have been two years ago when Minnesota comes in, and inexplicably, you beat them by like 25 points or whatever right. it was, and you just run the ball down their throat. Have one of those. Well, 
yeah, Carp will be having like we'll be talking differently. I mean, and I think it's possible because their defense is awful. I can tell you the Minnesota yeah. guys who cover that team, they they think Illinois's got a really good chance of winning this game. So go and win at it. Rutgers and at yeah. Rutgers following that, right? Go win. And the shine and the shine kind of comes off a little bit after you saw they got an early score against Indiana. They had the crazy lateral play, but other than that, yeah. it was a pretty nondescript performance. So you have an opportunity. Okay, now let's start converting and actually give us an interesting and relevant season. I don't think that's too much to ask. Unfortunately, these next three games give him an opportunity. Michael Carpenter, the 200 Level Podcast. Check it out. Subscribe wherever you can get it. Carp, always uh, enjoy catching up. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. We'll see you. All right. Thanks, Carp. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Great stuff, as always, from Michael Carpenter. You can check out his podcast, as I just said, 200 Level Podcast. Uh, does great with those uh, post-game, kind of fourth quarter, talking about what's going on, and and they get that out right away. Uh, appreciate you, as always, listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. I'm about to talk to Lovey Smith, Rod Smith, uh, a bunch of the Illini players as well. So have the latest coverage of that at IlliniInquirer.com. Everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other this week, okay? Take care of each other. I know tensions are high, uh, but take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.